Um, but it's good to be here. Thank you guys for being here. It's good. Thursday night, we're gathering. Um, so just to introduce myself a little bit to people who don't know me yet, um, I'm one of the focused missionaries here this year. Um, my name's Amanda. Um, I grew up in Georgia. So if anyone's from Marietta, shout out. Yeah, okay. She went here 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about. I was a freshman, lived in Boggs Hall, and I spent my first two and two and a half years here before transferring to nursing school. Um, and so Georgia is, is very special to me. Um, but after I left college, I went and worked as a nurse for a couple years. And it was in that time that I noticed there was something wrong in our culture. There was something broken. Um, a lot of my coworkers didn't know their identity, they didn't know who they were, and they didn't have a purpose for their life. And they're honestly like continuing to do a lot of the college things that you think you do as like a freshman or a sophomore maybe, but as like these young adults or even like in their 30s and 40s. And like, Lord, there's something weird here, like what's going on? And I started praying a series of, con of conversations with people and um, it led me to apply to be a focus <coughs> university students. Um, we are sent out to college campuses all over the country and a little bit in Europe as well. And our job is to um, encounter the culture um, and fight back pretty much. Uh, so we do that through Bible studies. We do that through um, uh, a system of discipleship. Um, and then fun stuff like this. So it's good to be here. And that's just a little bit about my background. But today the talk, you probably heard in all the announcements, it's being Catholic, how you talk to like non-Catholics. And that's just like such a broad thing. So I'm gonna like scratch the surface of it tonight, but I encourage you, if this is something that you're passionate about, like to keep talking about it even after tonight. Um, probably some of you are familiar with the word apologetics and, and that is huge, that's really, really important to know it's basically a system of defending the faith. Um, and that's not where I'm gonna start because that's not actually the most important thing um, in this greater conversation of how to be Catholic with non, or to like non-Catholics or around non-Catholics. Um, but before we get into that, let me start with a prayer. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill this room with your presence, fill our hearts and our minds. We ask you to open our minds and our hearts to the Lord's will. Help us to um, be engaged with this topic and to learn something new tonight. I pray for um, your grace to come upon me as I speak. Help me to speak only truth. And I pray for every soul in this room that they will continue to find blessing in their life, that they will find friendship um, with each other and with you, Lord. We'll pray for healing. We pray for... Um, patience. In your name we pray. Amen. My Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, so um, like I said, I was a nurse for a little bit, and then I went back into college ministry. So I was 24 when I said yes to being a focused missionary. I was like, you kind of like, can, if I say that word, you kind of know what that means. Like, really like excited. I was like, like, this is like the most important thing I could be doing with my life. I feel like a soldier being sent out. Um, I was like, yes, Jesus, I want martyrdom. Like, it was just like really, it was really exciting to me to be sent out on mission. And so I, um, uh, with Focus, you get, you get sent. So basically how it happens, it's like a bid day, but for missionaries. So you get a card and you open up your card and it's like, congratulations, you're going here. And then you like run and you find your teammates and it's like a big party. Well, mine was, um, a card, and I opened it up, and it said, <laughs> um, hi, Amanda, we heard you like warm weather and southern hospitality. 
Well, you're not going there. You're going to the University of Maine. Welcome to the most northern campus in Focus. And I was like shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, because I had been on the phone with a friend right before and I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine with like being sent anywhere. Just like, LOL, what if they sent me to Maine? <laughs> and they did. And that's just that sometimes what the Lord does to us um, to, to shake us and to take us out of our comfort zone and to um, send us onto something more. And so I got sent to the University of Maine, go Black Bears. And um, right before I went, I was praying a lot. I was praying my heart, my mind to encounter this new culture. I was like, I had to buy a new car because I was like, I got to drive in the snow for like eight months. Like, anyway, long story. But I was praying before. And um, in my prayer, I was asking the Lord, like, why Maine? What do you want me to do? Like, how are you, how are you inviting me to be a Catholic up in the Northeast? And over and over again, I felt, I felt in my prayer that the Lord was speaking to me in these words. He said, tell them how much I love them. Like, tell them how much I love them. And I was like, okay, that's easy. Yeah, tell them how much they, tell them how much I love them. Jesus loves them. So um, with this like zeal and this excitement, and I was like really really excited to see snow too. And so uh, it was awesome. on campus, and it was like the week before school started. And this sorority is like Greek life. They're having their like um, basically like a come and see. Like you can like go like meet sisters from different sororities before rush even starts, and like see if you kind of like fit in. So as a missionary, I was not planning on rushing, but I was like, I'm gonna go and just like try to meet people and like see if I can get connected here. So I went and I found myself, after talking to several tables, I landed at a table of, um, of women who are in the chapter AO Pi. And uh, being at UGA, I was like, I know AO Pi, yeah, that's one of the Southern ones. And so I just started talking to them. I'm like, hey y'all, I'm new, I'm from the South. Like, I don't really know anything about Maine. <laughs> and they were just like, oh my gosh, we love the South. And so I started talking to them and that was pretty much the thing that we had in common. It was like, they love the South, I'm from the South. And so we became friends. And um, there's this one girl in particular, her name was Sydney. And I'll never forget her. She was senior, she was president of AOPI. And um, she was like, oh my gosh, well like, let's get coffee and let's like talk about like Maine stuff. And I was like, great. <laughs> so I met with her for coffee. She shared with me like a little bit about her life. She was dating a guy on the football team, like president, just had it all going on. And um, so I shared with her, I'm like, yeah, I'm like a new missionary. I was just like left my job as a nurse. Like my family is 24 hours away. It's fine. But <laughs> um, I was just sharing with her like, yeah, what's going on in my heart and my life? And she was doing the same thing. And so Sydney and I became friends. Um, she knew I was Catholic. She knew I was missionary. Um, but other than that, like we didn't really have anything in common except for like, hey, we want to be friends. <laughs> so we started going to the gym together. We started eating meals together. Um, she invited me over to like, her house a few times to hang out. After a week, I was looking at something called Bible study. <laughs> and uh, some of you might have also had this conversation with a missionary. Like, starting this thing called Bible study. Um, like, what do you think about it? And I think people who would be interested. Um, and I was like, cool. And so uh, I said, well, you know, I really want to start a Bible study with, like, some women in Greek life because I feel really called to, like, in, in, like, Tell them how much the Lord loves them. <laughs> and she's like, great. Well, I don't really want to be in a Bible study, but I think I have some friends who, like, definitely do. And I was like, great. Okay, so can I come talk to your chapter meeting? And she was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so I um, was really nervous because I wasn't in Greek life in college, but I, like, really wanted to be friends with these girls. And I um, was like, what would, like, be a really good thing to do 
And I was like, well, in the South, we bring food to anything because that's how we like win trust with people and we're like, we're showing our love. So I, I have like a really good recipe for a cookie cake. Like, or, like it's very good. I'll make it for you guys sometime. And so I made this giant cookie cake. <laughs> and uh, it's such an embarrassing missionary moment. But I bought M&Ms and I like wrote out AO pie in M&M's <laughs> in like the colors, like in each color, each like letter had a different color. It was so fun for me to do. But I, I brought it to this chapter meeting and everyone was like, <laughs> we love cookie cake. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so they started eating it, but it was weird. It was a weird moment. Um, so, um, so I'm at this chapter meeting and really nervous, but I brought cookie cake, so I'm excited. And um, I make a little spiel about Bible study, how it's changed my life. And I'm like, hey, well, if anyone in this room like is interested, you don't have to be Catholic, you don't even have to be Christian, um, I would love to have you. And so um, that was it. Like people anonymously like texted me if they're interested, so they don't feel pressure. And what happened is that Sydney introduced me during that meeting to a girl named Amanda. Now, Amanda um, was a junior, and Amanda had had some things happen in her life that she like really shook her. And she started asking these questions right before junior year: um, What is the purpose of my life? Like, why am I here? Like, why are all my friends like doing these things? Like, uh, why am I not growing in virtue? Like, why? Just like all these like whys, and maybe some of them have like those questions have kind of come in your mind as well, and so um, she she texted me and she was like, hey, can we meet up and like for coffee? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so um, we started talking, and it turns out Amanda was not only sharing a name with me, but also she has a twin, and I have a twin. She drives a Honda Brown CRV. I drive a brown Honda CRV, and we both love Emily Wilson, and we we're both nursing majors. And so it was just like really cool to find in my this environment in Maine that was so far from my home a connection with people like Sydney and Amanda. Um, this this bond of friendship that connects us like no matter where we are, no matter our backgrounds. Um, and so Amanda and I started talking about about life, about virtue. She was not raised um, Catholic or Christian, um, but I started to just share with her what I knew. And we started to become really close friends. And I um, noticed that I wasn't afraid to share with her like what I was doing with my life as a Catholic missionary. I wasn't afraid to share with her like prayer or um, yeah, just like invite her to a Bible study or invite her to um, different events. Like we went on a Catholic conference called Seek um, that year in Indianapolis and I invited her and she came and I was like, that's weird, you're not Catholic, but it was so great. And, and so she went and she encountered this like Catholic culture that was really important to me in a whole new way. And um, she, she had some like pretty big issues with some things like in the Catholic faith. One particular was with our love of Mary. We love Mary. Like the past two weeks have both had Mary feast days and we we're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that was weird to her. Um, and then the second thing was our um, respect for life, like our zeal to protect life, um, our rejection of contraception um, in all of its forms. And so um, those were like two main conversations I'd always have with uh, Amanda. And never really uh, came to the point where she was like, I believe that too. However, um, she was always willing to listen and she was always willing to then like continue on in friendship. And so tonight is not so much about apologetics. That's for another time. Tonight is about 
um, this aspect of evangelization that's often overlooked, which is authentic friendship. So in my time as a missionary, there have been people like Sydney and Amanda um, and many others who, some of them, like, they kind of pick up what you're throwing down as a Catholic. They understand truth. They start to understand like what you have is real and, tr and true and beautiful. And so they come to the faith and they enter RCA and it's like such a beautiful thing to walk with people who um, end up coming into the same faith as you. But sometimes they don't. But what's important here to note is what kind of witness am I giving people as a Catholic? What kind of witness am I setting for people? Um, because my authentic witness of being a Catholic is going to make a profound impact in somebody's life, even like years down the road. So Amanda, she actually just came in town at, to Atlanta over the summer for Evan and I's wedding. And um, it's a beautiful thing because I see Amanda thriving in her life now, uh, maybe not as a Catholic yet, but she's living virtue, she's praying, um, and she's like, she knows the, her purpose for her life. And so that's kind of, um, what I want to like think about for tonight. So there's a word called um, incarnation evangelization. It's a big word, <laughs> big two words really. Uh, but this is the starting point for um, evangelization and as Catholics particularly, it's so, so important because there are a lot of lies out there about Catholics, right? Like you could probably name some at your tables, but um, we get a bad rep on the street sometimes. And so <laughs> um, starting with incarnational evangelization, which I'll explain what it is, um, is actually really key to healing our culture right now and where we are. So I'll break down those words for you. Incarnational means in the flesh. Um, so body to body, like flesh to flesh. Evangelization, sharing the gospel, right? Sharing the, the good news. Um, so in the flesh, you share the gospel. So it's not just about witness of life. It's not just like, um, like I wear the crucifix and like I, people know I'm Catholic, but it's like by who I am, I am sharing the person of Jesus because I'm living virtue, because I am like sharing who Jesus is and what he would do. So incarnation evangelization is actually the model of how God evangelized us. God didn't stay in heaven waiting for us to find him. He entered our world in all of the poverty that he came into, um, and he sought us out. So he came on down to earth, took on human flesh, and became like us in all things except for sin. He entered our world so that we might one day enter his, right? So he came down so that we could one day come to him. Um, and he didn't wait around, like this is a key thing too, he didn't wait around in synagogues waiting for people to come to him, right? He like went out. He encountered the poor and the lost and the broken in the world. He ate with sinners who were like rejected in, in, in the world, right? They weren't even Jewish, like some of them. Like they were like really, really broken. Um, and so there is a mindset I think we can have sometimes as Catholics is we're like, oh, I'm here to have Catholic friends, right? You're like, yeah, girl, we go to church together. Like, <laughs> like we can talk about the Eucharist and like, oh, I love your crucifix necklace. Like, you know, it, it's great. We need those friendships. Like that is so key to thriving and like growing as a Catholic. But also we can't forget about the lost. We can't forget about those who do not even know Jesus yet. Um, there was a girl at the University of Maine named Jasmine, and Jasmine was a freshman, and she was a roommate <clears throat> to this girl named Sam, who was Catholic and um, was in my Bible study. And Jasmine was really lonely about halfway through her freshman year, really, really lonely. Um, 
And so Sam was telling me about this one day, and she says, man, like, my roommate's so lonely. Like, she never goes out anywhere. Like, what's up with that? And I was like, well, have you invited her anywhere? Mm. No. Like, have you asked her to get a meal with you? No. Like, have you guys done anything together in your room? Like, watch movies? Like, paint your nails? Like, something fun? Like, no, we haven't. And so that's when I realized there's this big poverty here, right? Um, there's a poverty of invitation. We often forget about the lost. We don't keep them in our peripheral to invite them into our life. Um, and so they remain lonely, right? They remain lonely. So it's something to think about. Um, and I think as Catholics, we overcomplicate what it means to evangelize or like what it means to like go out and to invite people into our faith. Um, but it is really so simple. It's just sharing your life with another person, um, inviting them into your life, and first seeing your witness of life, like letting them see um, what you, is important to you, uh, what you do for fun, how you manage your time, how you study. Those things like make a powerful impact in other people's lives. So I, I was coaching Sam on like, I was like, hey girl, like why don't you invite Jasmine to like go get pancakes with us over the weekend? Because in Maine, they have amazing pancakes. Um, blueberry pancakes specifically. Um, so I was like, why don't you invite Jasmine to come get pancakes with us? And she's like, okay. And Jasmine's like, yeah, I'll go. And I was like, that's weird. She wants to come with strangers like to get pancakes, but that's awesome, like, right? That shows the longing in her heart. And so she comes with us in a small group from the Bible study. And we just talk about normal things. Like, we don't talk about Eucharist or Mary or, like, we talk a little bit about Bible study, but mostly we just talk about life, like, what's going on in the university, um, how things are going with friendships. And Jasmine, like, comes alive. She's, like, so happy that she's, like, out of her dorm with people eating these pancakes. Um, and so then we finish our little hangout. Like, Jasmine, we drop her off. Sam and I are hanging out. And I'm like, Sam, like, what's the harm in inviting Jasmine to Bible study? And why don't you try doing that? Because we were having it the next day. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so, <laughs> so she goes back home. I'd like drop her off. And then she invites Jasmine to Bible study. And um, Jasmine says yes. Jasmine comes to Bible study. And turns out Jasmine has never opened a Bible in her life. She doesn't even know any stories about Jesus. Hasn't heard of Noah's Ark, like in the Old Testament covenants in that particular year. She's never even heard of like these stories that as kids we take for granted, right? Because we go to Sunday school and PSR and we hear the gospel at least every Sunday in mass. Um, and I'm like shocked because I'm like, Jesus, what did you tell me before I came here? Tell them how much I love them. Like, tell them how much I love them. And I'm like, here's a woman who has never heard the name Jesus, who doesn't know anything in scripture. Like, let a, like let's put the Eucharist this sounds bad, but let's put the Eucharist aside from it. Doesn't even know the person of Jesus. Like, <laughs> that's huge. And so um, I decided in that Bible study to be really intentional at explaining everything and then sharing life with Jasmine. So we, there's a verse, um, 1 Thessalonians 2.8 that says, so being affectionately desirous for you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves, because you had become very dear to us. So this is Paul writing to Thessalonians. Um, because you have become so dear to us, I want to share with you not only the gospel of God, but my very self. And that's where we also get proof for incarnational evangelization. That it is important, first, that we share the gospel also to share life with other people, right? Jesus invites himself into the lives with his disciples, and he, like, walks with them for three years straight. 
um, some people call it like a three-year camping trip with his dudes, right? It's awesome. Um, but at the same time, what is he doing? He's not just preaching Sermon on the Mount. He's also sharing the daily life together, eating in Peter's home, right? He goes to his, his mother-in-law's home, um, and he heals her, but he also shares life with them. And so that's, that's the model for us, right? Like, having with them, um, inviting them to do things in your life that you already like to do, going on runs, getting coffee, uh, going shopping, like, whatever your life looks like. Our lives are all really diverse, but whatever that looks like, that is incarnation evangelization, and that's where it starts. How to be Catholic around a non-Catholic. Share your life. Like, don't be afraid. Like, invite them in. Um, and life, um, is, it's important to be authentically interested also in other people's lives, right? So you're not just inviting them into your life. You're also like, hey, what are you up to? Like, let me come with you. Like, inviting yourself into their life, too. Um, because, like, truth, which is kind of where we get into, like, apologetics. It's like we're sharing truth directly. Um, when we share truth with people before there's an established relationship, um, like, you're going to come up short. Like, there's this, there's, a, like, a buzz phrase, like, win hearts, not arguments, right? Like, you're actually not here to win any arguments. You're not here to win debates against Catholics or with non-Catholics. Um, you're here to show them the heart of the church and to walk with them to learn about the church. And that's really key. So people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? There's um, an encyclical called Evangelii Nunciandi, Pope Paul VI, and he writes, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it's because they are witnesses. You guys heard that before? No. It's true though, right? It's true. Um, like we don't really care what people are saying unless they've heard, earned the right to be heard, right? Like teachers, they're a teacher, so they've earned the right, right? Uh, but your peers, like if your friends start telling you something, you're like, well, what is, what is the basis that they're telling me this in? Is it friendship? If yes, then we listen, right? If we just met them and we don't really know them, then probably not. <laughs> um, so apologetics, like it is the practice of defending the faith, and that's very, very important. We, um, you can't have like catechesis or like teaching of the faith um, without like it being systematic and organic. And share the gospel, but you have to also share your life because if you have one without it, it falls up short. Um, I like to give this analogy. Uh, this is, try to follow me. Okay, this is kind of weird, but follow me. So say you are, um, you're in a distant universe, okay? You're on a different planet, and you are on a bridge, and for some reason, nobody on this planet knows about gravity. Gravity is like real on that planet, okay? No one knows about it. And this person that you're with, and you're friends with them, they walk up to this bridge, and they look down, it's really, really, really far, and there's like concrete at the bottom, and you're like, you know, because you know gravity, you would never jump because that'd be really bad, right? Uh, but this planet, like, people do not know about gravity. And so this person you're walking with, they're just, like, walking along, walking along, and they're getting really, really close to the edge, and you're like, oh, my God. And, like, you, like, pull them back, right? You pull them back, because you're like, you're about to fall. Well, they didn't know they were going to fall, because they didn't know about gravity. This is, like, the faith, right? This is Jesus. <laughs> there are people walking on campus who don't know about Jesus right now. Um, there are people in this room whose hearts maybe are closed off to Jesus. Like, they're, like all of us, in some ways, we are broken, we are wounded, and our lives are not totally conformed to Jesus yet. Uh, that's the reality, like me too, like all of us, like none of us are perfect. 
And so um, this thing, evangelization, being Catholic around non-Catholics, um, sharing truth is so important, but what I'm getting at here is if your friend is your friend, why would you not tell them about the person of Jesus who's really important to you, right? Like maybe it's your roommates, maybe it's your classmates, like whoever you spend the most time with in your life, like just kind of stop and think to yourself, do they know that I love Jesus and do they know Jesus, right? Because it'd be really, really sad if that person died after being your friend and they never had the opportunity to know Jesus. You might have been the only person in their life that like the Lord was planting along the way to accompany them in that faith, right? That's really sad. That's true, right? That's happening in our world right now. People are afraid, they don't wanna hurt feelings. Um, but we need to share Jesus and we do that first in friendship. We do that second by explicit proclamation of the gospel. So um, that leads me to the, uh, the second thing I wanna hit on in this topic. So one of the things that they had, um, they had mentioned to talk about <clears throat> is what it means to be like rooted in the faith in college and to be a disciple of Christ. So this relates to evangelization totally. Um, but it's probably not a surprise to you guys that people lose the faith in college. Like, do you guys have any friends from high school or something, and college, and all now they're just like not particular? Yeah, you see all the head nods, yeah. Yeah, totally, we all have friends like that, right? So there's a statistic, 80% um, of people who are Catholic who go to college lose the faith by the age of 24. And that's shocking, right? 80%. Uh, 24. So by the time you leave college, 80% of the people who are Catholic going into college will lose the faith. Why is that, right? Why is that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, it's not a surprise to us, right? The college environment. What things go on in the college environment, we all maybe know of it through personal experience. We all know it because we see it. But what things happen in the college environment um, that <coughs> makes you think it's easy for people to lose the faith? Maybe we can have a discussion real quick. <coughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry, not to your tables, but like to me. Yeah, what things, shout it out. Sorry, that was confusing. Yeah, shout it out. What happens in the college environment that makes people lose the faith? Temptation. Temptation. That, let's get specific. What actual things happen? <laughs> Downtown. Yo, A-Town. Yeah, yeah. All the bars. Uh-huh. Yeah, being alone. They, they don't have anyone to lean on. Yeah. Well, let's get like one or two more. Independence. Independence? Yeah, I can do it. I don't need anyone. Yeah. Uh, they might need like professors who are like seemingly smart and like don't like Catholicism and then there aren't like Catholic professors to see yeah. why those professors are wrong. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, peer pressure, right? With professors or your friends, like um, your friend says, um, hey, RUF has like the, the greatest thing ever that's going on and, and it's so super fun. So you go and it is so super fun. Um, but what happens if you go and then you stop going to mass? <coughs> what happens if you go and then you stop believing the Catholic doctrine? This is how it happens, right? Things are really fun and exciting, whether it's other church ministries, um, downtown, being alone, independence, um, these are real. I think we need to acknowledge that, right? It's real, it's hard. Um, but in order for our world to be transformed, 
We need Catholics willing to be authentic Catholics in any environment, around any friends, um, because that's how the culture is going to heal, and that's how the faith of Catholicism is actually going to be renewed. Because what happens is when, when you hide our Catholic faith, when we hide what's important to us around our friends who are non-Catholic, they get a really bad picture of what we stand for, right? It seems really unexciting to go be a Catholic when you like actually can do if I can um, keep doing what I want and like my friend's doing what she wants, right? It's hard though, it's really hard. <laughs> so if you're like sitting there, you're like, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying it's hard and this is the reality and so we need to acknowledge it as a community. Like, evangelization. <laughs> Through your witness of life, how can you be an influencer on other people? Um, Luke chapter nine, verse 23, <clears throat> it says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. What do you guys think about that? What does that mean? What does it mean to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus? <clears throat> means that the fullness of Christian life is expressed in like the sufferings that we undergo daily and without that it's kind of incomplete. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yeah, what do you need me to do? Great, these are right answers. So how do you apply that then to um, this thing, being Catholic around non-Catholics? What does that mean to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus when you're a Catholic around non-Catholics? What do you think that means? Some days, like, you do something really good, and you feel, like, about being Catholic, and, like, you're at the CC, and it's super easy, but then it doesn't matter who you're around or where you're at. Yeah. It's just, like, a daily thing, and it never stops. Yeah. So. Yeah. Praise God. No matter, like, how many good things you do one day or, like, at one point. Yeah. It doesn't stop, right? It's not just here. It's, like, wherever you are, no matter what you're doing. Okay. Keep thinking about that, but th this is, like, the, this is the call of the disciple, right? To take up your cross daily and follow Jesus. Um, and that's, that's, like she said, really, really well. It's not just here. There's a, a buzz phrase called Jacuzzi Catholicism. Um, we're sitting in it right now. Welcome to my jacuzzi. Um, <laughs> it's basically when you hang out in the Catholic Center all day and you never go out to your friends who are lost. Um, when you hang out here all day and you never make the effort to get to know your peers, who are not Catholic and draw them into the abundant life that you have here in the jacuzzi, right? <laughs> it's the abundant life and it is good that we are here, um, but it is sad that so many of our friends are not here, right? Not just say it, talking about Arch, I'm just talking about the church in general, right? They don't have to come to Arch. <laughs> um, we like them here, they can come too, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So to follow Jesus as a disciple, what this means more to me is it, it requires sacrifice, right? Going back to my friends, um, Amanda and Jasmine particularly. Jasmine um, was just hanging out in her room. She was alone. Sam was her roommate, who I'd gotten to know well. She was Catholic, like super cool, had purple hair. Um, it, it took a risk for her to invite her roommate to a Bible study, right? Like, they already didn't really have a relationship, but like, what if they had been best friends, right? Um, like, what's the risk there? Like. 
I have to live with this girl for a whole year. What if she thinks I'm so weird? Like, what if, um, what if she starts talking about me to like all the hallmates, and I'm now this like girl? You know, uh, there's risk every time we evangelize. Um, but the early apostles, like, they believed in Jesus Christ's mission and who he was so much that they were willing to die for it. Right? This thing called martyrdom. All but one disciple was martyred. And they were happy. They, they're, and there's saints that come, like, even hundreds of years after. Praise God, I get to die a martyr. There's these saints that are, like, I am so happy that they're like, captured in the right people. Like, I'm here, like, it's hard. <laughs> um, but let's be joyful, at least as Catholics, that we have this community when we go out to non-Catholics and when we go out to evangelize the world because um, at UGA right now, we're not facing martyrdom, like for being a Catholic, fortunately. But it is hard, and there requires um, great suffering. And the of Jesus, too, they're suffering because we might have to learn from our friends to follow Christ. For instance, like... Um, yeah, his friends are going to study, or they're getting milkshakes, or and it's like looks really fun. You want to watch movies, making um, that commitment and like making sure your friends see that. It's like I'm a Catholic. I'm going to mass. Like that's what we do. Like our Lord and Savior. Like the most high form of worship. Let's go. Um, or for instance, like um, uh, during Lent on Fridays, like having to fast a little bit and not eating meat. A real bummer. Wanted burgers. But guess what? You're getting a veggie burger tonight. <laughs> um, or whatever that looks like for you. Like, make Catholic, like, really exciting and fun and cool around your non-Catholic friends because it should be the thing that brings you the most joy in your life. And it's the thing that, like, actually gives you abundant life. And that is different from the rest of our friends, particularly our friends who are not Catholic. Um, I think there's something missing. And if you can show them what that something is, like, it's going to be like a wildfire. You're going to set the canvas on fire. And so um, I want to leave you with those questions, but one last thought is um, the power of an invitation. So um, Jasmine, she was, like I said, she was really alone. She was, go she was headed down a really dark place. Um, she was invited to be Sam's friend. She was invited to be Sam's um, Bible study, like, companion. She came into the Bible study. Um, and as Jasmine continues to be Sam's friend and walk throughout college with her, they're both seniors now, um, Jasmine has become a Catholic. Praise God. Praise God for Jasmine. Pray for Jasmine. Um, and so as a missionary, I had to leave after that year. I got sent to Florida to do mission work there. year after that, I got moved to Tennessee, did mission work there. Now I'm here, hoping to be here for a while. Um, but we don't always see the, the fruit of our labor. And so the power of an invitation um, is that you don't always see the consequences of, of your witness of life and of your invitation to other people to accompany you in the Catholic life. You might face rejection like straight out, but also you might just like kind of get like a lukewarm response and I might just kind of be like, oh, oh thanks. Like, good for you, but I don't really want it, you know? Uh, and that's fine, but like eventually, like your seeds of the faith mean something and your ability to witness authentic like will make an impact even if it's years down the road because that person will see you and if they have questions in the future or if they start to have like these doubts or things they're gonna call you and it's gonna be awesome because your friends first of all you get to catch up with your good friend but then also you're gonna be able to have the answers um, for them 
and that's where the apologetics comes in, but for another talk. So <laughs> um, I hope this has meant something to you guys. I hope that I, um, I hope that you know that I'm with you in this. Um, it is hard to be a Catholic all the time. Like it is hard, um, but it's really exciting as a missionary to do this full time. And so um, know that you're not alone if you start to do this and you're like, oh, that went really bad. <laughs> like, what do I do differently? Like, let's talk about it uh, like as a community. And then I just want to say that the missionaries here are, are here for you also to accompany you in that. Learn best practices if you like did something and it's like, yeah, that went really well. We want to know. And so, um, yeah, just like we're in it together. So thank you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm.